Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Titans jumped out to an early lead over the Rams and never looked back. The Cowboys failed to score until the fourth quarter and fell hard to the Broncos. And after being boat raced by the Cardinals, are the 49ers done? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The Rams traded for Von Miller and they were supposed to sleepwalk to the Super Bowl. The Tennessee Titans had other plans. They have been giant killers so far this season. They take down the Rams 28 to 16. Joining me now, a giant in his own right, Sosa Kermenjas, host of Locked on Rams. And and Sosa, it, it wasn't the defense in this game that I think is so startling for the Rams. It was that the offense really never got going, just putting up 16 points for a team that has been explosive all season. That's exactly right. And you make it sound even better than it was. I mean, you say 16 points, but in reality, it was nine points up until that garbage time drive there. So in reality, it was even worse than it looked. I mean, you look at all the penalties, 12 penalties for the Rams going into this game, the least penalized team in the NFL. You can't get away with 12 penalties. I mean, that is just way too much over 120 plus yards of worth of penalties. It's never going to put you in a good position. Then you look at quarterback Matthew Stafford. They trade a bunch for this guy, and he's had a great season. You know, he's been uh, an MVP hopeful, and I might have cursed it. You know, I said he might have been in the lead after this weird week nine slate in the NFL, and he comes away with his worst game of the season, two interceptions, one of which, you know, he nearly gets sacked for a safety. Terrible throw is similar to Carson Wentz just a week ago. Puts the Titans on the five-yard line. The next series, the next play, I believe it was actually, pick six right to Kevin Byard. So, 14 points off of turnovers for the Titans, never going to do you any good. And uh, ultimately, the offense just couldn't get going after that. The offensive line struggled a lot in this game. I wanted to ask you about the offensive line because that seems like that could be something that, especially in a Sean McVay offense where they want to, they this year, they want to play more from spread. They get, they're getting away from the heavy outside zone into play action stuff. It seems like that is, to me at least, the, the most troubling thing that comes out of this because it's not like, you know, the Titans defense has has been playing better, but it's not like this is some ferocious pass rush. I mean, they, Jeffrey Simmons, you know, Harold Landry, th- those are nice players, but they, they were getting destroyed for this game. It's a huge concern, right? And I don't know if this is a one-off type of performance. It probably was just because you look at this offensive line. I think they've been a top three unit probably the entire season, especially in pass pro. And it's been a huge part of the reason why Stafford's just been able to have all this success. Now you go into this game. I mean, you mentioned two of the names and then a third, Danico Autry. A lot of different guys that just stepped up big time for the Titans in this game. They were consistently pressuring Stafford, never got comfortable back there. Like you mentioned, it was a lot of empty, a lot of five wide. It was Stafford back there in the gun. And the Rams just refused to adjust throughout the first half, and it kept getting them killed back there. And it was a lot of empty plays, uh, no yardage gained, sacks, near sacks, throwaways. And ultimately, it was just a really bad performance by the two guards as well as the center there for the Rams. We'll see ultimately how it shakes out moving forward. But I mean, this was a unit that allowed only eight sacks on the season going up into this game. So they've been great, but this was definitely not their best performance. Follow Locked on Titans for more Music City football coverage and follow Locked on Rams for more from L.A. Coming up, the Broncos traded Von Miller and played better defense. Don't believe me? Just ask the Cowboys. 
Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. With all the distractions caused by the Odell Beckham Jr. drama, there was no way the Browns would win on the road this week, right? This is Locked On Browns host Jeff Lloyd with your post-game reactions as the Cleveland Browns walk into Cincinnati and win handily. The Browns had to deal with adversity this week, trying to understand what they were going to do about their problem with Odell Beckham Jr. The Browns chose maybe the future of the relationship between Donovan Peoples-Jones and Baker Mayfield over a non-working present relationship between Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. It paid off in dividends today. The offense got back to sync. They ran the ball well. Nick Chubb was fantastic. Baker was finding open receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones with two huge receptions. I took a lot of heat from Bengals fans in the offseason about their pick of Jamar Chase over an offensive lineman. It's paid dividends for the Bengals thus far, but my belief was the Browns' pass rush was going to cause problems whenever they played the Bengals. So far, I look right on that one. Browns win in Cincinnati, 5-4 and four on New England. The Bills have one of the best quarterbacks in the league and one of the best wideouts. So why did the Jaguars hold them to six points? Hey, this is your man Tony Wiggins. We're locked on Jaguars with my recap from the game and my takeaways. Shocked, blown away that the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to complete a game and beat the Buffalo Bills 9-6. to However, I did give you a little bit of a glimpse Friday on what I thought they could do to win the game, although it was tongue-in-cheek because I did not think it would happen. They actually showed up with the proverbial baseball bat and took it right to the Bills in front of probably 25,000 Buffalo Bills fans that made their way to Jacksonville. Um, Josh Allen was the best player on the field today, but it wasn't Josh Allen, the quarterback. It was Josh Allen, the defensive end for the Jaguars. And he was a big part and a big reason why Urban Meyer may have gotten his signature victory here in Jacksonville. Jaguars win 9-6. From the gridiron to the court now, where a young Cavaliers team stole a win at Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. What's up, everyone? Chris Manning here from the Locked on Cavs podcast. Coming to you after the Cavs won 126-109 over the New York Knicks on Sunday night. The Cavs are now 7-4 and four in the year, 5-3 and three on the road, and beat a New York team where they probably should have lost on paper, but they came through, outscored the Knicks by 15 points in the third quarter, and were led by Ricky Rubio having 37 points, including 24 from behind the arc in this game. Darius Garland had a 16.5 assist, including 4-5-3. And Evan Mobley, the front runner in my mind for Rookie of the Year right now, 26.9 rebounds on 11-15 shooting, with 5 assists, a block, and a steal in his Mads Square Garden debut. This Cavs team has gone through a bunch of issues. They're dealing with injuries. Colin Sexton left this one after only playing 13 minutes due to a left knee injury. That is a concern going forward. But this Cavs team is three games above 500. They just beat a good Knicks team on the road in New York. And the Blackhawks got an overtime win over the Predators on the same day they dismissed head coach Jeremy Colladin for not doing it enough. Derek King moves to 1-0-0 as head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. What's up, everyone? I'm Jack Bushman from Lockdown Blackhawks. Tonight, Chicago Blackhawks pulled off a big 2-1 overtime victory over the Nashville Predators. Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinka connect on a 2-on-1 in OT to move the Hawks to 2-9-2, but more importantly... The Derrick King era, even though it may be only as the interim head coach, begins with a victory, and he told the team to play free and open tonight to trust their instincts, and I thought the Blackhawks honestly might have played their most complete game of the season so far. Defensively, they really shut down Nashville, didn't give up too many high-danger chances, and when they did, 
Kevin Lankinen performed pretty well. On the offensive side of things, it was pretty slow, but Kane and Dabrinka came through when they needed them to the most. Seth Jones, by the way, picked up an assist in this one. He now leads all NHL defensemen with 11 assists on the season. Patrick Kane also picks up career point number 1,100 with the assist on Dabrinka's game-winning goal, and that boosted the Blackhawks to 2-9-2 with a big victory over the Nashville Predators tonight. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this season. Let's start with our matchup between the Bears and the Steelers on the gridiron tonight. Betonline.ag likes the home Steelers and has them favored by seven. On the hardwood, the Knicks are looking to bounce back after a loss. They have to face the Sixers, who are favored by four and a half. And on the ice, the Maple Leafs are big favorites at home against the Kings. BetOnline.ag has the money line set at minus 235 in favor of Toronto. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. Here is another story you need to know. On a day when the Jaguars beat the Bills, it might have been the strangest outcome of a wild Sunday NFL slate. The Broncos take down the Cowboys 30-16 to in a game that wasn't even really that close. Joining me now from Locked on Broncos, Cody Rourke. And, and Cody, I mean, I think the question that Broncos fans are wondering is, where has this team been all season? <laughs> No, I agree. I mean, it, it was definitely a, a shock. And for the Broncos to come out, you know, the game actually started off, I think, how a lot of people had felt. The Broncos' first series, they go backwards, they punt the ball away. And, you know, Dak Prescott, his first week back, everyone's like, all right, well, Dak's got his – he's back, the offense is back, you know, they're going to be rolling here. They go for it on fourth down, and Justin Simmons sticks Ezekiel Elliott on fourth down, and that's just momentum right there. And I think that that was a big difference maker in this game. You know, did it influence the outcome? Maybe not necessarily, but if you give a team in need of a spark, uh, you know, a lighter or a match, that, hey, that's all they can need. And uh, that's exactly what the Broncos did. In an AFC that looks wide open, Cody, like, yeah, wh- why not Denver? Well, you know, and, and that's the point, too. You know, George, General Manager George Payton met with the media on Tuesday after the Von Miller trade on Monday. I mean, it was a shocking trade, to say the least. But, yeah. you know, a lot of people were saying, a lot of national media, you know, this is the Broncos waving the white flag on the season. But the reality is they had a suspicion that Von Miller was going to leave after free agency. He's going to become an unrestricted free agency. So why maybe risk lo- losing him for nothing, right? So it made sense for the Broncos at this time because, look, George Payton, he's looking to, you know, how can the Broncos win right now, but also how can they win in the future and when we talk about draft capital being able to acquire a second and a third round pick for a guy who's going to play well not nine games because he didn't play obviously he didn't make his debut on Sunday Night Football who's essentially going to be getting eight games maybe that depending on if he plays next week but that's great value the Broncos got out of that draft capital is currency right now in the National Football League Peter uh and, and so for the Broncos George Payton had said it you know he says we were four and four football they're now five and four but he said we're a four and four football team and everyone thinks we're two and six he says we, you know, we want to figure out how we can win this season. And, and this was a statement game for the Broncos in a big way. Surprised a lot of people. But also the defense, in my opinion, Peter, uh, this is what I kind of envision what they could do. And we saw, obviously, a lot of different pieces come to it. Did we expect it without Von Miller or Bradley Chubb? Probably not. Who deserves the credit for this team coming together the way that they did? Because it really is remarkable what they were able I mean, they dominated this football game against a team that, had aspirations and and looked like they could they could be challenging for the one seed in the NFC. 
Yeah, that's a great question, Peter. You know, I think looking at it too, you lose Von Miller, right? He's a franchise player. He's a leader in that locker room, but it gives you the opportunity to see which other guys on that roster can step up. And I think that was a big sign. You got guys like Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, and look, even one of the Broncos' newest additions too, and, and Kenny Young, who, who George Payton had traded for, Stephen Weatherly stepped up in a big way. But even more so, you've got a seventh-round pick in Jonathan Cooper who really took it upon himself this week to say, hey, I'm not Von Miller, but the expectation Expectations for me are going to be very high. He comes out and he has two sacks. I think this was a locker room that united this week, and they maybe they rallied around the fact is that they needed somebody to step up. They needed more than just one voice. And look, I there was an inspired performance. I talked to a couple Broncos players, and they said, "Hey, the vibe was just great. We were just we came out, we came out loose, and we prepared all week." And he said that we just rallied behind you know one another. And it has not been an easy season for Denver. There's been some turmoil in the locker room from time to time. Sometimes Vic Fangio's message, we had the suspicion that he was losing the locker room in a sense. But the players, they rallied together. And other coaches, you know, inspiring uh, speeches the night before a game apparently have factored into that. So, Peter, uh, things working out for the Broncos right now. The question is, can they maintain it? Follow Locked on Broncos for more. Coming up. The 49ers had no answers for anything the Cardinals threw at them, even without their number one receiver, quarterback, and several other big-name players. After their fifth loss in the first eight weeks, are they out of the playoff race? Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. They have so many amazing flavors. They have a new flavor that comes out, or they bring back an old flavor that you love. Most protein bars are chalky or waxy or just plain hard to choke down. A Bilt Bar soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something a little different. It's an experience. And when you when you have it, you know it, and you think you're eating a candy bar. And those Halloween candy right now, grab a Bilt Bar instead. They come in great flavors. That'll make you think you're eating a candy bar. Salted caramel, double chocolate, coconut raspberry, coconut almond, it's terrific. And this month, Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days. So check the website often. You don't want to miss out. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. It's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the day. In the end, Colt McCoy was just too much for the San Francisco 49ers. They fall to the Kyler murray list. Arizona Cardinals 31-17 joining me now from Locked On 49ers Eric Crocker and and Eric this this was a game that you expect a team like the 49ers who needs the game to win and yet it was a contest that I'm not going to say it wasn't competitive but the 49ers did not play nearly well enough so what it, what is the result of a game like this if anything it's tough. You know, um, the 49ers, who a team that's aspiring to make the playoffs, had a lot of teams lose today that they needed to lose to kind of, you know, push them up in that playoff rankings. But uh, ultimately, they fell short in a game that they should have had, a game against, like you said, uh, uh, Kyler murray list Arizona Cardinals, also missing guys like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, and J.J. Watt, who's on IR still the 49ers weren't able to take advantage of it. And, and that's been the 49ers issue all season long, you know, being able to take advantage of shortcomings from other teams and pull out victories so far that just, it just hasn't been the case. And the 49ers are now three and five on the season at the, at the bottom of 
you know, arguably the deepest division in the league. So what is the fallout from all of this? I guess that is the, the question that we're trying to figure out. I mean, we, are we too soon to be wondering about the quarterbacks? Are we too soon to be wondering about Kyle Shanahan's future? I mean, what, where do we go from here? You know, I think the toughest thing is it's hard to pinpoint just what exactly is going on with the 49ers. Every loss, they've figured out a different way to lose. Uh, today, <laughs> it happened to be uh, defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans and whatever game plan he had coming out. I don't know if he was expecting Kyler Murray to play, but it did not work against Colt McCoy, who threw four incompletions on the entire day. So mm. uh, every week has been something different. I it, it's I think that's the most frustrating part if you're a 49er fan because you can't pinpoint one thing or another that's directly contributing to the losses. It's just uh, overall, I, I don't know if it's just a, a badly coached team. I, I think maybe it's just that simple. The the injuries, you know, it, it's not like the 49ers haven't had to deal with their own level of injuries, but but this is a relatively healthy team against a team without its starting quarterback, without its number one wide receiver, without you know, one of its two or three best defensive players. I, in the In the Kyle Shanahan era, how high is this on on the 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 leaderboard of regular season losses where you just are like what what was that yeah this was one of his worst you know i think in you know last year you you can pinpoint well the 49ers are missing you know so many of their best players right jimmy garoppolo nick bosa george right. kittle the list goes on and on that you know as far as players that they were missing that could contribute to losses this week you know especially this game against the cardinals can't say that. George Kittle, Nick Bosa, Jimmy Garoppolo, all those guys are there as, as well as guys like uh, Fred Warner, you know, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, like everybody that they needed to, that would help, to, you know, contribute to a victory. They played in that game, but it just didn't turn out the way the 49ers won it. And obviously they shot themselves in the foot early. You know, you had two first half, first half uh, fumbles, one by Brandon Ayuk, another one by George Kittle. So, you know, that that doesn't help. But I think there's there's something else going on here. I can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but the 49ers, again, just finding different ways to lose each week. And uh, Kyle Shanahan, he's going to have to do some soul-searching, figure out what he can do to either fire up guys or somehow uh, make a change that's going to improve this team. And is it the quarterback? position? I don't think so. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo was the reason the 49ers didn't come out with a victory today. He played one of his better games. He was efficient, uh, you know, through touchdowns. Like, you know, I feel like he did enough, you know, especially considering who he is. But uh, Kyle, he, yeah, he's going to have, have to dig deep on this one. And finally, Mike Leach may be looking for a new kicker. After Mississippi State lost by three points to Arkansas and the Bulldogs went 0 for 3 on field goals, the head coach is reaching out for some help. Announce this, he said to reporters after the game. There's an open tryout on our campus for kickers. Anyone that wants to kick or walk on and kick at Mississippi State will hold a tryout anytime. You can get over there to our building, provided you're cleared by the NCAA. The Bulldogs had two misses from senior Brandon Ruiz and then gave the game-tying attempt to freshman Nolan McCord, which he missed as the game clock hit zero. Mississippi State has made 9 of 17 field goals this season. Maybe some new blood could actually do them some good. Thanks for listening to Locked On Today and making it your first listen of the day. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Make your second listen, Locked On Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you find podcasts. 
Coming up Tuesday, who'll come out on top between the Bears and the Steelers on Monday Night Football? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.